everybody. We're back with our Timothy study. Thanks for hanging out and doing this with us. I say it every single time, but we're so blessed and humbled to be able to have all the response and all the people and all the listens and everything that we've had. So we definitely appreciate it and we hope that you're enjoying it as much as we are doing it. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, and we want to make sure that we throw out there every time so that way nobody ever misses this message. But not only do we appreciate you guys hanging out with us and wanting to be engaged in your Bibles every day, but if there's anything that we can do for you, anything we can lift up in prayer or a quite literal physical need that you might have. We want to share these burdens with one another as the body of Christ. So be sure to go to APHomeChurch.com and reach out to us. We want to connect with you guys. We want to know um, what we can help you with in counseling and again, prayer, provisions. If you do not have a Bible to be studying out of and that's something that you are in need of, let us know and we want to help and you know get that to you, um, to your kids, to your family, whatever the case may be. So definitely go to APHomeChurch.com and check it out and let us know, you know, whatever it might be that we can possibly do to serve you. Yep. So go ahead and take a minute, say a quick prayer. All right. Finish it up. First Timothy, we're going to go through four, five, and six today. And... Not really much to, I'm sure if you're listening to this one, you've listened to the other Timothys. Just, so one, other really... Tim just one other Timothy so far. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Co so yeah, because we did it. one through three. So yeah. We with our family, you guys, this is the family Bible study that we do with our children every single morning. Um, so we usually read about three chapters a day with them, and that's just kind of what we're here reading along and sharing with you guys. Yep, we're just continuing on with this letter to Timothy from Paul. Um, explaining to him the false teachers and the things to come in the church. Are we seeing anything like this in our, the world it, today? Yeah, it's very relevant for today. So with that, we'll start in chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. They will say it's wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God in prayer. Just right there, obviously. In the last times, some will turn away from the true faith and will follow deceptive spirits and teachings from demons. Very clear. Yeah, and they will say it's wrong to be married, wrong to eat certain foods. So we can see all of this in many different religions all across the world still. Denominations today. of our religion. Denominations today. of our own religion today. And the teachings from deceptive spirit. I mean, those are, that's everywhere. I mean, Paul here is clearly calling this demonic. Yeah, it's demonic. So if you were part of even a 
denomination of our faith that is pushing, for example, these two things here. And again, he's just giving, you know, the, this is just not that this is the only thing, but this is a part of it. If you are part of it and it is pushing either of these things, Paul here is saying that their teachings are literally demonic. Mm-hmm. That is something to flee from and turn away from. It's very clear. Yeah. There's no little asterisk here next to this that then says, well, unless it's this, unless it's that, unless that. You always have to worry when you've got teachers coming in saying that these material things are horrible and you should abstain from them and never touch them or use them. That's always kind of a red flag on why. Like, why are you saying that? What What is your purpose? The same ta- The same way with with the food as well as we were just talking about. This can go for uh, people that are strictly vegan and try to to shove it down yeah. everybody's throat and acts like it's it's fine if you're vegan if you think that's I mean if you want to be healthier in that way if you want to if that's there's nothing you wrong with it of yeah if you have a conviction or, or whatever else it is that there's absolutely nothing wrong with it more power to you but to say that you know this whole meat is murder movement that and was it around must and like be the, done yeah I think that that started like a little bit before I was born, but the meat is murder. Yeah. Um, well, it's the same thing with a kosher diet. If you would like to keep a kosher diet, you can you have freedom to do so. That's what you want to do. Is that something that we must do and laws that no. we must follow? Absolutely not. And for anyone to teach it as such, again... They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. It's not very difficult to understand. And I've seen this twisted so many ways. And I just don't understand. Again, we must weigh everything by the totality of Scripture. So not if you pick this part here and pick this part. No, the whole thing as one complete unit from Genesis to Revelation, if you mm-hmm. weigh it, how does it hold up? Mm-hmm. It has to, there has to be checks and balances. Mm-hmm. So, very simple. Again, we, I mean, we are talking about it. I think the podcast will come out a couple days after this Bible study, but we are sitting down with Lex and Trav and going, just discussing the whole topic of the Catholic Church as a whole. Again, look what they have taught as far as not marrying, you know, for the nuns and the priests. I mean, that's been a, a core mm-hmm. foundational belief for them. Yeah. I mean, these people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. They are following deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. I, it, it really is that simple and clear. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're seeing the spiritual fruit in the way of evil mm-hmm. oozing out of the Catholic Church, by, I mean, in numbers that are just disgusting to fathom mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. All right, what verse are we in? Six. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life and the life to come. 
which I think is something to definitely note with this cult of mm -hmm. CrossFit and yeah. fitness and exercise. Again, there's nothing wrong with being healthy, but when we're spending more time focusing on our physical training than our training for godliness, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God who is the savior of all people and particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say and in the way you live. In your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get their focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and for the salvation of those who hear you. Alright, going on into chapter 5 of 1 Timothy. Just more instructions from Paul to Timothy for the church. Verse 1. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Take care of any widow that has someone else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. Now a true widow, a woman who is truly alone in this world, has placed her hope in God. She prays night and day asking God for his help. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead even while she lives. Give these instructions to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. So obviously this whole section here, incredibly clear and straightforward. Yeah, this is really, really clear. And we just did a response podcast to a question on that. About taking care of somebody who is a widow and just serving these people. And it is clear as day. I feel like the uh, New Living Translation does a good job of just making it painfully clear. Mm -hmm. You know, and this can't be... There's really no if, uh, ands, buts, conditions around this. This is very straightforward. And this just echoes all throughout Scripture. So... Anybody that tries to throw this back in your face or tries to say something different about it, completely incorrect. Now, this marries with Scripture all throughout. Well, to have a statement like, such people are worse than that of unbelievers, that's That's a very huge. serious statement. Yeah. But, I mean, it's very clear all throughout Scripture that these people that, that I mean, that's not showing love. Mm -hmm. So, verse 9. Nine. A widow who is put on the list for support must be a woman who is at least 60 years old and was faithful to her husband. She must be well respected by everyone because of the good she has done. Has she brought up her children well? Has she been kind to strangers and served others, believers humbly? 
she helped those who were in trouble? Has she always been ready to do good? The younger widows should not be on the list because their physical desires will overpower their devotion to Christ and they will want to remarry. Then they would be guilty of breaking their own previous pledge. And if they are on the list, they will learn to be lazy and will spend their time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's business, and talking about things they shouldn't. So I advise these younger widows to marry again, have children, and take care of their own homes. Then the enemy will not be able to say anything against them. For I am afraid that some have already gone astray and now follow Satan. Obviously, this is keeping you from being what Paul is saying here is he's advising a younger woman that maybe who had been married, it was kind of into the married life, you know, that had that relationship type, that lost a husband, should probably get remarried to kind of get her focuses in order and get her life straight. However, he's just saying that just because women will have a tendency, apparently. I don't know this about them for sure. <laughs> but apparently to kind of, you know, float around and give kind of this carefree spirit and just be kind of roam from place to place and really have no no goal, just kind of go from man to man and and that's oh, kind and that's of that's a problem? That really is is here. And that's kind of what he's suggesting. I don't, you know, and that's that's why he's giving the advice, because most can't. I mean, if you're a strong woman, and you don't need no man, and can do it after you've been widowed, then by all means do it. If you can focus your eyes on Christ, do not worry about these things, and more power to you. Verse sixteen. If a woman who is a believer has relatives who are widows, she must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church. Then the church could care for the widows who are truly alone. Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. For the scripture says you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place... Those who work deserve their pay. Do not listen to an accusation against an elder unless it is confirmed by two or three witnesses. Obviously, I guess I, I should probably have stopped at the elders who do their work respected and paid well. Yeah, God is giving the ability to be able to make a living for those that spend their time preaching and teaching mm -hmm. because good night as we know as i know this takes up i mean i am constant like if i had right now i wouldn't have time for another job there's no way other than this yeah. no absolutely no way so there has to be some way to make a living at it and this is what paul is is giving um you know he's difference. pointing out saying that you should yes you should be paid for it but Right, that was my next point, was there should be, there's a large difference in between these pastors that are out there living like stinking millionaires and have a, how many ever, 12,000 square, square foot, foot house. house. Yeah. You know, that's Or not... to do something just 
for the cause of money. You know, I'm the only time that it's ever okay for a pastor to have a twelve thousand foot square house is if there's children in every single square foot of the house. Yeah. Okay, no. now so that wouldn't work as square footage wise, but yeah, I get you like the George Mueller type. Yeah, you know, then that's house. okay. Then that's okay. George Mueller versus Stephen Furtick? Are you kidding me? Yeah, we have a little <laughs> bit of difference here. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. To slander Furtick, but not sorry it's not in the same way. It's, it's truth. Um. So yes, yeah, so it, it's it's definitely not. But this is the thing that that preachers like him will point out. And any time anybody questions their lifestyle or anything like that, they, well, I work hard. I do these things. Okay, but. No. You're humble. You're not being humble and prideful. Then. There's having your there's, needs met, and there's lavish yeah, extravagance. Big difference. Spending, you know, two hundred and fifty dollars, three hundred fifty dollars on shoes. Yeah, when you have a large homeless population within your own. Yeah, a problem. And he literally when your own brought, church members are struggling to make ends meet. Single and moms he brought that out. point up in a sermon. That how much he spent on his shoes and oh, his yeah. child's shoes, and made a joke out of it. And talks about his, okay, that's so, a different thing. We'll that's, that's not what Paul is giving the green light on here. Okay. But he's saying that, yes, if you work in this field, you deserve to have your needs met. I'd like to be able to pay our electricity bill. Be nice. <laughs> I, would, I would be, like to be able to pay lots of bills that we have coming up, but what can I do? 19. Do not listen to an accusation against an elder unless it is confirmed by two or three witnesses. Those who sin should be reprimanded in front of the whole church. This will serve as a strong warning to others. Those who sin should be reprimanded in front of the whole church. This will serve as a strong warning to others. Those who sin should be reprimanded. Do not claim... Don't judge me. Only God judges me. Now, within the church, if you're a believer who's sinning, right there. And and it's supposed to be made an example of to show as a strong warning to others. Because we love you and we don't want to see you fall away from the true teaching. Correct. I solemnly command you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus and the highest angels to obey these instructions without taking sides or showing favoritism to anyone. Never be in a hurry about appointing a, appointing a church leader. Do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you're sick so often. Yes, Timothy probably was worried about setting an example in front of other believers while drinking mm-hmm. he's like crap should I do this should I not because I don't definitely don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody and I definitely don't want this to be wrong for me to do it because I you know knowing the culture is important drunk orgies and, and, and drinking was very very prevalent in this whole society in this whole area at the time so it was just like it was kind of today where it, you know it's still a little bit taboo and he's wondering should I should I should I not I better stay away from it and Paul's saying no it was viewed as medicinal um, he's saying use it so you're not 
sick so often so it was obviously viewed as medicinal he said, don't worry about it don't worry about these little things he's not making a huge point out of it so you can't you can't make a huge sermon out of it here but that's definitely exactly what he's saying he was, he was concerned about it he's saying don't worry about it it's medicinal it helps don't worry about others that may say something or are saying other things but at the same time you know he says obviously to not be stumbling blocks but Timothy was intelligent enough to understand that as well so uh, verse 24 remember the sins of some people are obvious leading to them to certain judgment but there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later in the same way the good deeds of some people are obvious and the and the good deeds done in secret will someday come to light um, yeah some people you you don't some things you don't know and it won't won't come out until later mm -hmm. some things everything looks right on the surface but there's things that are off in that same way um, you know some sometimes people's good deeds are very very obvious sometimes there's people out there that are you know they go out and serve people and they're in front of a camera or they're um you know well known in a community for for doing these things and helping these things you know and serving the community um and then some people have their deeds that they do in complete private some are done in the in the privacy of their own home sometimes in their prayer closet mm -hmm. in their own personal prayer closet um is their way of serving people and praying for others and and doing that so um the Lord will will bless and thank those who are stay faithful to Him and make all of these deeds something to be uh, honored and celebrated eventually. Just closing out chapter five. Mm -hmm. Before we go into uh, chapter six here, I, I really don't like how it says slaves in here because that gives us the wrong idea of things in new testament i think everybody knows but in new testament times the slave this is a completely different thing from the slave that we know today yeah. okay slave at this time would have been a like a bond servant which would have been a willing or they either got in trouble <clears throat> And owed, and owed somebody some money and they had to work for this person and what you mean by slave is that they lived in this person's house they were fed they were taken care of just fine but they waited on this hand per, you know person hand and foot mm -hmm. for whatever they needed whether they were a business person whether they needed help throughout their house whatever it was that's what the sponsor that was um you know sometimes like i said so it was they owed money or they needed money some some people would willingly in enter this and it would be like a job for them yeah. Um, some of them were criminals and, and again, were forced to. So when and we say slaves... In a lot slaves, of cases, if you replace that with employee and employer... Exactly, and that's and that was where I was going to go with it. I think people would do better to think of this as being uh, any situation that you would find yourselves in, most likely, whether it be employment, whether it be, um, you know, um, just anybody... Like a debt of some sort. Yeah, a debt of some sort or anything like that, so... Verse 1. All slaves should show full respect for their masters, so they will not bring shame on the name of God and his teaching. 
If the masters are believers, that is no excuse for being disrespectful. Those slaves should work all the harder because their efforts are helping other believers who are well loved. So obviously this this first little part, he's telling them if the masters are believers, there's no reason to treat somebody disrespectful and something like that. Obviously, if they're a master that's from, you know of the world, from the world, and everything, what are you, you can expect? what are you going to expect? And you still have to remain subject, nonetheless. But especially if they are a believer, as a believer, as a master of that, lording over somebody like that, you you are to show that person kindness and love, and firmness, whatever whatever the case may be, but still kindness and love in it, and not be disrespectful, you know, to that person or, or push this person around and treat them like a slave. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just that little part there. I didn't even finish verse. Yeah, you did. Did I finish first? Oh, well, no. You're I think I stopped in the middle of it. Yeah, you're in the middle of it. I did, because that's where my Bible is Mine split too. right there. So Mine too. Um, I think maybe a lot of other people's might be split, so I guess. But finishing out verse 2. Teach these things, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. And then verse 3. Some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome, the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quabble over the meaning of words. This stirs up argument, ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. So anybody that's using a biblical argument to further these things as far as suspicion, slander, division, jealousy, you know, and just these arguments that go nowhere mm -hmm. is, is the, the, these are people that literally oppose true teaching. Um, that's why we all have to be careful not to, to fall into any of those. But we also run the risk of not calling out the things that we should and pointing to well see we shouldn't cause division we shouldn't cause argument well sometimes there's arguments and opinions and then there's false and there's, teaching right and there's truth that causes mm -hmm. it and the truth will divide and we we just read that earlier but the the truth will it, it will burn it will people will not like it and it will it will be very evident so don't think that uh, just because somebody comes in with truth and it sounds harsh that it's slander or evil or anything like that. It's not. It's truth. Verse 5. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt and they have turned their backs to, on the truth. To them, this is a show of godliness. It is just a way to become wealthy. Lord knows we see that. We were just talking about that. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Yeah, I read it twice because think about that. We all need to remember that. Godliness with contentment. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. I love that he just talks about food and clothing. Food and clothing, that was it. If you've got enough, it be content. It doesn't go into our houses. 
into our stuff, into our bills being paid, into having no debt, into ha you know what I mean? Like the, the list doesn't go on and on with any of those other things. It doesn't even say if you're sick, if you're hurting. If no. You're, no, you got something to eat, you got something to wear. Be okay with that. You're not naked, and you're not starving. Okay. I would, uh, in, in, I would like to add that this is somebody who had been in physical pain and had mm -hmm. suffered many things and it was currently suffering many things. So this is somebody that's very qualified. You know, a lot of people say, well, that's easier said than done. Well, this is a person that did it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's speaking from <laughs> yeah, this experience. Is, this is from experience. Mm -hmm. And so he's telling you to find this in yourself to be able to do this. And, and why did he suffer these things? for many reasons but one of them was so they would be very very relatable to us and so that we would understand and things like this they suffered with us they went through the exact same things that we were going well, they weren't just through. talking the talk they were walking the walk absolutely literally. do you know how many times he was beaten yeah more times than he could count so hated and chased out so we know that uh they went through it too and that's and we we have comfort in knowing that brothers all around the world have suffered these things and are, are suffering these things. All right, verse nine. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That's so misquoted by the world and says money is the root of all evil. It's not that well, money is, it's the money love is of an it. inanimate object. Yeah, money's <laughs> not your love for it. Your love for problem. it is the root of all evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Being rich with the care and thinking about possessions and things of this life doesn't lead anywhere good. I mean, nope. it said some of them have pierced themselves with many sorrows. <laughs> That's serious. And this is the final little uh, little instruction that he's he's giving Timothy here that every single Christian needs to pay attention to and read and understand because this is what we need to do and this is how we need to live our lives and this is what we but you in verse 11 but you Timothy are a man of God so run from all these evil things pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith love perseverance and gentleness so run from these evil things and pursue this godly life with those faith. things are not godly life <laughs> right they're not faith love perseverance and gentleness it's what we always have to have fight the good fight for the true faith hold tightly to the eternal life to which god has called you which you have declared so well before many witnesses and i charge you before god who gives life to all and before christ jesus who gave a good testimony before pontius pilate that you obey this command without wavering that no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only Almighty God, the King of kings and Lord of all lords. He alone can never die, 
and he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future, so they may experience true life. So we were just speaking about this, um, and we've only got a couple of verses left, but I want to stop it. We were, again, bringing up this, this podcast that we just had on suffering. suffering yeah. And people saying that you should work and and you nobody should support you and that's just not how it works that doesn't just god doesn't just pay the light bill pay the and light give bill. you a home and well and then he's telling people especially believers who are rich who are monetary rich who have cash who are not cash poor who have money to give he's mm-hmm. saying hey to those in need give because you have don't keep it stored up and in don't your keep bank it account. stored up go in your bank account go do something with yeah. it give we all and they should be, readily you ready. should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Mm-hmm. So if you have the money and there's somebody in need around you, you don't get to joy. You don't judge who, and there's no process, there's no application. There's somebody in the faith that's next to you that has this, that has a need and you have the money and you're not, you're not meeting that person's need. That's not that's not the type of Christian life that we're instructed to have. That's the opposite. Mm-hmm. So, verse 20. 20. <laughs> Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godlessness, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Some people have wandered from the faith by following such following such foolishness. May God's grace be with you all. Wandered from the faith with this knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. This thing of, well, this is what you should do, and this is what God... T- okay. You don't have it. You, you don't know. You've wandered from the faith, and that's not exactly what he says at all. <laughs> so that was finishing out all of First Timothy. He So Paul is uh, still out of jail, and the next time he'll, he's going to be in jail for our next letter in our next study. And, yep. In Second Timothy, not that that not that that matters too much, but it matters in the way of, like I said, when I started the first one, that this is towards the ends of Paul's life. He knows that it's getting around the time, and he figures this second imprisonment or this this next imprisonment that he has while he writes uh, uh, Second Timothy is going to be his last, and he's pretty sure that he's done. So uh, it and it offers an interesting look to the book, and I can't wait to get into it. Yeah. So we'll see you guys tomorrow for that. Yep.